You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. David, we'll come to the international stuff in a moment, but we've been talking at length as to whether it's time to look at the uh, commodity producers in South Africa. There was a reserves announcement from Sibania this morning, uh, but the one we were all looking at, of course, is Sassel. And it's, it's, of course, it's all to do with chemical and oil prices and also the rate of the dollar exchange rate against the rand. I mean, that's a simplification, obviously. But what did, what did you make of the numbers? You know, everyone's looking for the bottom. Mm. And I mean, we've, we've, we've gone back four years. Remember, four years is now 2020. Uh, yes. So we're, we're, you remember the shares went all the way down to 27 rand and everyone thought it was a great time to buy, which it was. It subsequently ran all the way up to, I don't know, 400 or wherever it did get to. I don't think that high. But subsequently, it's just been whittled away. And it's, it's a concern. There's structural issues there. There are a lot of things burning this company. Beside the chemical prices under, a lot, uh, under pressure, uh, they also got have local issues here with Secunda, where there's big pressure on them to uh, you know to to clean uh, to clean their emissions, but they can't do it because the whole the whole process is burning cheap coal to make oil, you know, and you can't convert suddenly to expensive coal or clean coal or gas. I mean, and make it profitable. So I think there's huge issues that are weighing on you know on Sassel and we're not even considering the the pressures that they they had in uh, Louisiana you know which are long gone and I mean they're sorting them out but at massive costs so it's it's again profits are down quite considerably they've got all the reasons why which includes lower prices but also includes uh, uh, local issues such as uh, transport um, uh, electricity you know, issues around uh, structural change, structural problems in South Africa. So, you know, from, from my point of view, I'm saying leave it alone. You don't have to go into it. You know, you can just let it find its bottom. And uh, if you do feel that there's going to be a turnaround in, in commodities and chemical prices and so on, um, you know, you can look at it. But you don't have to always try and catch and search for the bottom of a stock. It'll tell you when it's there. So just yeah, it's it's rather sad because it's uh, uh, you know it's a big business. It's a big, big uh, it was a big South African company, somewhere around four hundred billion. I can't remember four hundred billion, five hundred billion. It's now back to ninety billion. You know, so it mm. gives you an idea of where this company has yeah. come well, to. How did the mm. share price behave today, David? How did the share, share price, price? Yeah, it was down. Initially five six percent, but it's down about three percent now. I'm just looking now as it trades uh, down two point one seven percent. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the rand's giving it some kind of support, but uh, overall miners are down. Um, but you know, I, I, I suppose a lot of this has been discounted into the market. But it's it really what lies ahead and how do they? You know, how do they move from here? Every I don't know. I, I'm, I'm having trouble with commodities. You know, really having a struggle trying to understand where they're going um, at the moment, understanding that they've come down so far. But there are a lot of 
poor issues, you know, um, issues hanging on these businesses. There's a couple of things in the United States which are probably more up your street. The first one yeah. is, we go, we'll go back to Friday, another extraordinary performance from Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's quite cleverly written by, uh, by one uh, commentary. It says, the Fed versus NVIDIA. It's as simple as that. It said, the week ahead <laughs> will tell whether the Federal Reserve can dampen Investor enthusiasm, a rally fueled in large part by blowout NVIDIA earnings, pushed the S&P 500, Dow Jones and NASDAQ all to 52-week highs on Friday. Mm. And they surged to end the, the, the week. You know, you, you know the story. You've seen it. Mm. But it's very mm. interesting, isn't it? You've got, the, you've got the, oh, bond, yeah. the bond rates going up. I think they were in the four. I think the US 10-year got to something like 4.37 or 4.38. Yeah. It's stabilized a bit and come back to the 420s now. The bonds are saying the Fed is not going to cut rates that soon. Uh, so that's sort of negative for the market. But the market just says it doesn't matter. We've got NVIDIA. We're going up here. Yes. Isn't, it's, it, isn't it amazing? Exactly one, one stock, it's, it's worth $2 trillion. I can't believe well, that number. It's, it's stocks around it. You know, I mean, if you, if you look at the whole supply chain around NVIDIA and how businesses are positioning themselves for what needs to be done, um, I, you know, it's beyond my head, the technicalities or the technical issues around NVIDIA. But there's so many moving parts. Well, I don't know, do to chips move, they don't. Something moves through them, light or data, whatever it is. Someone will have to explain. We'll have to get Viv to explain how semiconductors work on Thursday. But uh, what they are so far ahead of their competition that if you want to gear your data centers for the demand that's going to take place, uh, you have to keep buying NVIDIA chips and you have to be buying them in big quantities or putting orders on in big quantities. So um, the amount of spend that's taking place by the Metas and Microsofts and Amazons and, and uh, Alphabets and so on, quite extraordinary. And it's all the other companies associated. So this is an economy that's separate from the Fed's economy, you know, which is the, the older economy, or I don't want to call it a backwater economy by no means. It's just the traditional economy. So you've got almost two different markets and uh, if you're playing in the one, you're doing well. But, but those companies are just completely disconnected from what's happening in the, uh, in, call it the Fed economy. So, mm. yeah, you know, but, but, but I think in the Fed economy, jobs are being created. You know, if you look at the American economy, jobs are being created. People continue to spend even though there are pressures building up. Um, even the even the housing market's beginning to stabilize, and I think this is where the Fed's going to have a problem, um, and and where they might stay higher for longer. But I mean, as you say, Wall Street's it's got its own game at the moment. I don't want to call it a game. Sorry, that was the wrong word. Because this is real, and the money that's being spent is absolutely real. Yes, but, it is, and the order book is absolutely real. Nvidia as yeah. well, which which means that it's, it's going to take a long time for Nvidia to be knocked off the top spot when yeah. it comes to these mm. these smart microchips. Mm. So it will be knocked off. Stay long. It will do yeah, one, one day. Yeah, someone two, needs, three years, someone's going to come up. Yeah, there are people working on it all the time. The problem is that you know I'm saying they're keeping ahead as well. They've also got to keep ahead, you know, and keep uh, competition at bay. So um, I, think, I think what is happening is that uh, this chat GPT and the use of, of, uh, of, of, of AI is, is probably real. You know, I'm beginning to use it a lot more. 
Mm. And, and you pay for it effect, as well, don't you? I do. I pay $20 a month, mm. you know. But, but I think that I wanted to search something. Um, you know, I needed to search something. And, and it's funny, when I was listening to the budget the other day, um, I wanted to find out the risks of of uh, what what the Minister of Finance was doing with its reserves. Yes. And, it, you know, I knew someone was going to answer a question and I wanted to have an articulate answer. I didn't want to bumble around and I put it in there. I said, what are the risks, etc. It came out with a perfectly balanced um, <laughs> sheet, you know, telling me, okay, these are the risks, you know. Of course, you go through it, you don't read it off there and you say, okay, this is wrong. This might not apply. But, I mean, the ideas that it gave me, I would never have found looking uh, at Google and so on. Mm. Um, I'm writing an article now. You know, I was, I was quite not taken. I was, I was a bit moved by Charlie, by um, Warren Buffett's tribute to Charlie Munger. And I felt a bit sadness. Yeah. And you so know? you wrote about it. About well, I'm, I'm going to write about it. I wasn't. Mm. I promised myself I would not write another article on Warren Buffett. And then I read it and I said, hold on a sec. This is a man, Buff, uh, Charlie Munger. I admired him. He was old, old Testament, grumpy, what, but he always had good ideas. And so much of what I say and think, you suddenly realize was kind of Down molded him. by him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, influenced by what he said on accountants, you know, on business schools, on things like this. And I thought, okay, listen, you know, I owe him a tribute as well. I got to miss those goggle eyes sitting there next to Buffett, you know, having Greg Abel sit there. It's just not the same as referring to Charlie. I'm sure and Mr. Buffett himself. Sad. I'm sure Mr. Buffett mm. himself. Would have, it must have felt strange for him uh, because no. you know I was about to, to mention uh, reference Berkshire Hathaway's numbers and yeah. uh, operating earnings at its insurance railroad and no, utilities no. businesses jumped 28 percent in the fourth quarter to nearly mm. eight and a half billion. They're doing really well in old school companies uh, and sectors. Yeah, he's, he, he's honest enough to say you're not going to get blowout stuff anymore. But, I mean, I, I, you know, he would always defer to Charlie. You know, mm. I'd always speak about him and Charlie, you know, like together. And, and suddenly that's missing. You know, that's, he's not there. <laughs> you mentioned the railroads. And um, I love there's a quote that – because I took a lot of notes. Yeah. And they were talking about derivatives, you know, the use of derivatives. And, uh, you know, Warren and Charlie were discussing at one of the meetings, Burlington Northern Santa Fe, that's the railroad, BNSF, yes. uh, were in derivatives. And, 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 and they were saying, why are they in derivatives? You know, they're a railroad company. This is their own company of which they control. So yes. you must understand they, they're having a go at their own people. So, you know, it doesn't matter. It all, it all kind of flattens out over 20, 30 years. And he says, uh, you know, he was, he, was, he was just talking about um, saying um, if they're so great at it, you know, if they really think they can read the diesel market, and why do railroads, you know, rather trade in diesel futures than that, which kind of puts it into perspective. You know, if you think you're so smart at derivatives, kind of uh, just trade in derivatives. You know, you're not going to get that market right anyway. So 
It's a difficult so thing, I the derivatives it. market. I mean, treasury mm. departments mm. In, in big companies, big organisations, no matter what it is, whether it be Berkshire Hathaway's railroad division mm. or, or British Gas, because there's a big uproar at the moment about gas prices in, in the UK because the gas price has fallen off a cliff. It was nearly $4 BTU yeah. two years ago when the invasion happened of, of Ukraine, and now it's down at 1.67 or something, and yet bills are still really high. And what it is, of course, is that wholesale prices don't automatically filter down to, to retail prices that you're charged because mm-hmm. somebody, when, it, when the war started, I imagine that all the, all the gas suppliers got long of the wholesale market via the futures market and so they yes. may, may have paid 250 or something they may have got in late they yeah. may have paid 250 uh, per btu for, for gas prices at the at the wholesale level and then felt really clever when it went to 350 and now feel a bit clumsy now that they're 167 <laughs> but you can't say that to some granny living in liverpool why her gas bill <laughs> is too high so it's always a difficult <laughs> one hedging i, I think Hedge. unless you're very clever I, I or lucky we, we are, you know, from biblical times, there was always a middleman uh, that would take from the farmer. And I can understand the farmer selling, here you are, here's my crop, give me the price so I know where I am for next crop, you know, and then someone takes a risk off them. I can understand, you know, uh, uh, not a derivatives, but a middleman or a commodity trader helping that way. But, I mean, from other sides of it, uh, they, uh, they had to go at all the time. And old Charlie's quote and where I was getting to, Charlie said, listen, he says, if there weren't any derivatives or whether derivatives, you know, he says, wheat and corn would still grow. <laughs> Meaning, <Yes>. okay. <laughs> you know, so, so I, I, I loved his kind of cynical way to life and an uh, Old Testament, just conservative, feet on the ground type uh, uh, life. I, I, I get him, you know, it's not going to be the same with old Charlie there chewing peanut brittle and drinking Coca Cola, <laughs> you know, the whole. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. But uh, anyway, yeah, to summarise, you you've broken your rule. You said you weren't going to write another article about Berkshire uh, Hathaway yeah. or, or or Buffett, but you've gone ahead and done it. Where's it going to be? Is it going to be in Business Day? It's, it's Business Day on Friday. Yeah. Okay. So I've still got to put it together, but I mean, I I just I I felt very. Uh, it was a poignant uh, tribute, and I felt sorry for Warren Buffett because he knows he's next. Almost, you know, it's almost okay. You know, Charlie, Charlie lost to the 99. Sooner or later, that's going to be me. And I don't think Berkshire will be anywhere near what it was. We we just lost two incredible characters. Or we were, you know, certainly Charlie was an incredible man. And I don't think, I don't, you know, there's, there's no one at the moment in the uh, investment community that comes close to kind of replacing their attitude, just their, their, their general approach to investment and their down-to-earth uh, way of life. Yes, okay. Well, um, these, um, okay, it's, it's not going to be the same in 20 years' time when you pop your clogs as well. We'll be, I'll, I'll be phoning up Viv and we'll, be, we'll, we'll write tributes to you in the Business Day or the Jewish Chronicle or something. <laughs> David, what else is happening? What did you read over the weekend? I, I think, you know, it was dominated by NVIDIA. Yes. Uh, wherever you, you know, people are just kind of breaking... Uh, or, or trying to analyze what this means. The articles were positive. I have to say that. Okay. You know, because when you look at the cash amount being spent, which blew out any kind of projections, you can't ignore it. So I don't think anybody wants to be uh, cynical and write it off. We do realize that this is the 
there's a two-year advantage, sooner or later competition will come out. You know, we know that's going to happen, and it always happens in technology. But the other side of it, which is what I mentioned to you, was the opposite, which is the commodity side, um, you know, concerns about that side of it. And quite a few articles looking at Anglo-American. You know, Lindsay, you might not be as attached to Anglo-American as we were, when mm. I say we in South Africa, because we grew up with South Africa. The Anglos was royalty. It was the equivalent of, I don't know what you could say, the royal family, yes. you know, the Oppenheimers, yeah. And this was, I think, by long margin, uh, the biggest commodity company in the world with its gold, platinum, diamond markets, you know, markets. And when you look at it, it also had, because it couldn't expand outside South Africa, it uh, expanded sideways here, uh, not vertically, but into other industries. And, that. and when I look and see where it is today, it's, it's not a shadow of where it was during the Oppenheimer era. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's shrunk a lot, a lot of issues, having problems with diamonds, you know, having problems with platinum, um, gold's gone. So the family not really involved there. I don't know. I don't know what their direct interest. So in a way, it's, 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 it's almost a, it's a sad indictment of, of what happened to this business. It was almost uh, as I remember I was working in the financial services mm. industry at the time with Guy Wolford down in Cape Town. And... Yes. The, the day that De Beers delisted, it's almost as though that, that yeah. was the start. I mean, yeah. it had started before. Mm. It, it was going into yeah. decline then. And only it's all relative, of course. But when De, De Beers delisted, I just suddenly thought, that's not the same. It's all, it's all part of the same thing. But um, Diamonds just, obviously, yeah. they did their homework. And uh, Diamonds were simply not right for the JSE in the future. Mm. And quite right, too. No, I think they were taken off. I Look, I was weaned when I joined in. Back in the 70s, there was uh, the big traders were gold shares, but De Beers. I mean, De Beers was a massive trader. And remember, we were in the 70s, South Africa was the resource capital of the world. Mm. Uh, we had uh, things were different. I'm not going to go back to the, you know, back in the 70s. A lot of people wanted to old, own gold mines because they were very profitable, paid very nice dividends. You know, there wasn't just one or two around like, uh, like uh, what's it, uh, DRD or something like that. These were proper gold mines and making big, big money. So we would, we would trade extensively with New York. The Belgium dentists always wanted to buy uh, gold <laughs> shares. Uh, London was a massive market for us. Paris, Zurich. All those centers were, were big in trade. We would trade uh, in gold shares with them, arbitraging them, and so on. So De Beers and De Beers was massive. You know, Platinum weren't big. They were okay, but it was gold shares and, and certainly De Beers. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's like part of my heritage. It's part of my legacy, you know, just of De Beers. So uh, it's, not, it's, it's not the same today. Talking about gold, I, I spoke to a very mm. large asset management company in London today, and they, they were recommending gold. And we were talking specifically about Ukraine and, and Russia, or rather Russia and Ukraine. 
and how much there has been a diversification from the dollar into gold. So it's de-dollarizing uh, the whole central bank world. And when I look at the, uh, gold, every day I wake up, it, it's, I think a couple of weeks ago, it may have dipped below 2,000, but it's holding above 2,000. Oh. I mean, normally yeah. you would get uh, marginal gold mines, um, let's say in Canada or something, seeing gold at these sort of levels and put on a big hedge because these are near record levels and therefore they can mm. obviously uh, guarantee their production price in six months, two years, what, whatever it is. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be happening. It seems it's, that central banks are continuing to buy on dips. So I know it's not your thing, but there's something more yeah. real about gold this time. It's holding. You know, it's not making any massive new highs, but it's it, it, it's holding its own. And I suppose I'd probably rather hold a bar of gold in a Bitcoin. You know, at least I know the bar of gold I can go and stroke every day and polish it and put it in my pocket. But uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure about a Bitcoin. But I... I you know, I watch it carefully. We're watching all commodities. Um, it, it's, yeah, I don't know what to say about gold. It's, you don't you have know, to say anything because it's not your, it's no, not your, 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 not your game. No, no, particularly in light of uh, what we said about the you know, technology stocks and where the money is being spent. But, um, yeah, you know, gold's gold. <laughs> it's... That's well said. Okay. Gold is gold, and it's 2029 at the moment. The Rand is uh, 1932 as we speak, David, and that's not far away from all-time record lows, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's a worry. Lindsay, I can't get to the bottom of this one. You know, I don't – I would always say that gold was driven by the dollar. If the dollar was weak, gold improved. If, if, uh, you know, if the dollar went stronger, gold went weaker – but now it's weaker, and I don't know whether this is beginning to reflect huge issues around South Africa, you know, deep concerns about what the government did with their reserves, you know, using this $150 billion and breaking the kind of tradition of belief that, that uh, our, our central bank had a strong backbone, you know, wouldn't bow to any kind of political pressures and so on. So it might be that. I also think that structurally things are slowing down here badly. I, 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 I talk all the time to our chaps in the office, you know, in a, in a casual way. Um, we can't put a portfolio together. You know, we can't. Oh, oh, sorry, there's another point. There's this whole now talk about prescribed assets, which is coming onto the ANC's manifesto, um, you know, Regulation 28, You've got a pension fund. You're going to have to put so much into government finances. We had this many years ago, yes. and it was scrapped. Uh, but those were the days when you couldn't go offshore. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned. It's, it's already difficult for pension funds to actually hold their own. In other words, to make decent returns. I'm talking about real returns now for pensioners. And once the government starts to say, you've got to give us the money, you know, fine, but, but give us a decent return. You know, ensure something that's going to underpin the savings of pensioners. So I think that could be a big worry as well. Um, but but the levels of the RAND are just disturbing at the moment. 
They are. A little bit disturbing to see Donald Trump smashing Nikki Haley in her own state a couple of days ago. That's all over, but it looks um, it looks ominously as though he will be the candidate. No, he has. I always look at his eyes first and see he's obviously had the goggles on and has been lying under the uh, lying under the uh, the machine. Because uh, I don't, th- <laughs> unless it's golf, I don't think it goes that much. <laughs> I've noticed who are those brothers? I never know how to pronounce their surname. Kosh. It's Kosh, yeah. They've pulled yeah, out of, of, of funding the, the Republican oh, Party. Haley, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Nikki Haley in particular. Nikki Haley, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I think my daughter was here last week from the US and they beside themselves. They're absolutely beside themselves with, with both. Um, Biden and uh, Trump, you mm. know, just in the middle saying, what do we do? You know, <laughs> how do we get? We've got another four years. What do we do? They're absolutely trapped. And also there's the other thing that um, just among friends, there's huge diverse opinions, you know, pro-Republican, pro-Democrats, you know, the left and the right, people going at each other. And she says, you know, like dinners can be a, just monstrous with people shouting at each other and so on. So it's a country that's that's it's yeah, divided. Well, that's the word. It's got no divided. Yeah. yeah, divided in a divisive way. Yes. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I shudder when I see him. I just oh, no. I don't know how I can do it. You know, as you mentioned, we're getting on in years. I thought, hold on, these are my highlight, my twilight years. I don't want to spend them. And, you know, having to listen to Donald Trump. Anyway. Yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, good entertainment value. I've, I've been re-watching, after he won South Carolina, I re-watched a film called The Trump Show. It's a one-hour episode oh. of his progression to the White House and then the White House years. And the next one, which I think is tonight, uh, I'll watch again, of the 2020 election. Uh, it's really good. But you, the people that you would not normally go on to, you know, CNN or something, they, they interview He's a shocker. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it once already. But as I rewatch it, cannot believe what he got away with. And, uh, and we probably only scratched the surface with that program. There's so, and what's to come? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, See, none of the new services though are trustworthy. That's 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 you know, Karen, my daughter was saying to me, he can't listen to anything because all of them are so biased. Either way, you know, whichever. Whatever subject it is, there is no news service that you can actually believe. You know, I don't know. It's it's become just become incredible the, the U.S. and are so difficult to understand. You can't believe this is, you know, the United States of America. It's just mad. Well, anyway, the United States of America is, is in decline. It's, it's divided by geography. I and mean, in that ruling by the top court in Alabama, that an em- embryo yeah. is now considered, has, to, has children's rights. You know, abortion's been banned for quite a while yeah. in Alabama, but now they've gone the step further that an embryo cannot be destroyed because you're killing a child. And I, I don't know, David. I think that's a bit freaky. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Everything's freaky. I don't know. Anyway, all right. Let's you just you yeah. know you don't know where to put yourself. You don't know because you become so involved. You literally want to go off into the wilderness and just fish. Or I'm not a fisherman, but I'll take it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll see you down on, on the riverbank quite, quite soon, David. Just um, sitting there uh, talking about sports. Mm-hmm. You, you neatly a neat segue into football over the weekend. And Arsenal can't stop scoring goals. 
Who did they beat? Newcastle 4-1, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh. Playing well. You know, they're playing with – I like the way they play. They play forward and they, they're fast. You know, they move and – and I say that comparing the way they played and looking at Chelsea and Liverpool yesterday, yeah. which I just – I just – Beg, please, someone score so I can turn this off. You know, just stop this agony. And uh, I just found it, I, I, I really, uh, I found it an absolutely awful game. I know there were a lot of kids, you know, who, ha- who haven't even started shaving yet and probably still go to school or, or go to bed at early at night, whatever it is, I know, for Liverpool. But, I mean, it was just an absolute boring game. And Chelsea, I can't believe that they're still in the premiership. They're a terrible team. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and Mr. Jurgen Klopp got all emotional at the end, saying, "Of all the trophies he's won over, in, over his twenty-year career, this was the most satisfying." And I thought, "Well, you've, you've just beaten Chelsea, and you put out a team. You you moan on about injuries, and the schedule is too much. You, you knew about English football when you came here, so don't moan so much about the fact you have yeah. to uh, play three games in eight days. You have to do it. It's because you're successful. Mm. He's still in all the competitions. So don't matter. I think he was exaggerating the injury situation. I noticed Mo Salah and uh, Darwin Nunez sitting there looking pretty fit to me. Uh, but he, he, yeah. he played eight academy players, and they did well. You know, oh. they, they, no, they did okay. Yeah. There was no slickness about them. It was just an awful game. Where uh, you know there was never any threat. I just think that 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 Chelsea couldn't have scored even if there was an opposition. Like just just by the way, do you see Everton got four points? They yes. they got their ten points reduced to six. I'm pleased about that. I'm, I'm I must say. I did. I, uh, I did yeah. see that. It's just come out, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah, so they get their, yeah. their mm-hmm. fine reduced by um, one win and one draw. So yeah, yeah, they need it. They really do. That is good. I don't know who works out this points deduction system, but anyway, it doesn't seem particularly equitable, but right. Um, David, England lost the test match to India today. It's not a surprise. Can you believe it? (laughs) Gosh, that's a turn up. They they just collapsed. Mm, They did. I was in a meeting. They had five wickets down. I came out. The meeting was all over. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and the pitch was falling to bits. I don't know how England didn't take oh, advantage of that. But anyway, okay. All right, David. I think that's probably okay. about it. A lot of football this week, which we'll talk about next Monday. David, thank you very much for your insight, as always. David Shapiro is from Sassfin Securities, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.